Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, since it's a Friday night, I'm going to start with the word cojones because I cannot believe the Russians actually have the audacity to basically slam Ukraine and say what they have done in the last 24 hours is not conducive to peace talks. I want to get your reaction because Russia is now saying, how dare Ukraine basically do a strike in Russian territory of an oil depot? The Russians are saying that Ukraine is responsible for an attack that went into their territory. It is called Belgorod, and it's located about 20 to 30 miles across the border, again, in Russian territory. And tonight, everybody, I say bravo. You know, we have been covering this war, and this is a big, big development that now Ukraine feels that they can go on the offense. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to how you think that this reflects on the war, where you think things are going as a result of this, and do you think that maybe Russia will have some serious counterattack now as a response. I think, regardless, this was a great move by the Ukrainians. I say bravo. I am really happy to hear that they have done this. Again, they are not confirming it, but they're not denying it either. If you listen to the, oh, we can't confirm or deny. It's like Sergeant Schultz, I know nothing, I know nothing. But clearly, the Ukrainians feel that they needed to send a message on the offense. So tonight, what do you make of this move by the Ukrainians that everybody believes that they were behind this strike? Again, that went into Russian territory. It's the first time we've heard this since the war began. And I think to me, this could be a turning point. And boy, what the heck are we waiting for? We need to hurry up. We need to get military might to them. Let's get them the best military hardware, guys. What are we waiting for? We need to hurry up and get as many tanks, as many service-to-air missiles. We need to get those S-300s. Those are basically like the Soviet equivalent of the Patriots. Why are we not? What are we waiting for? Let's get them the MiGs. They could maybe win this thing all together, and we should not be waiting one more minute. And if you listen to President Zelensky, he is begging right now. He is pleading and saying, I desperately, desperately need the military hardware. So what are we waiting for, guys? Don't you think it's time that we sneak in the MiGs? We don't need to telegraph it. We don't need to tell the world. Let's get the MiGs in there. Let's get those surface-to-air missile defenses I say throw everything in. I don't say 
Boots on the ground. I'm not a big believer in U.S. military being on the ground. Again, I'm not sure about the no-fly zone either, but at least give them the military hardware, and they can create their own no-fly zone. Why would we want to miss this moment? Missing this moment, I think, could be pivotal for history. And we may be looking back months, weeks, decades to come and going, why did we not do more? And to me, what is the holdup? What is the Biden administration waiting for, guys? I mean, why is it taking so long? And in fact, even just a few hours ago, President Zelensky was doing an interview on Fox News, and he didn't come out and say it. He didn't say, hey, you know, what the heck is going on with the military hardware? What's it taking so long? But he, in a diplomatic way, said, you know what? Um, I hope that the White House isn't playing games or anything like that. I hope that things are coming. I would believe that they genuinely want us to win. I mean... He basically said, please, White House, get off your butt and hurry up and do it. So why do you think President Biden is still waiting so long? And what do you make of this great strike, I think, by the Ukrainians now getting so gutsy and full of cojones to go into Russian territory? They did the strike in an area called Belgorod, and that's located about 20 to 30 miles Across Ukraine, it's in the northeastern side of the country. And now Russia is coming out and saying, basically, how dare you, Ukraine? Can you believe that? After all the strikes and all the attacks that they have been doing on Ukrainian territory since this war began well over a month ago, they have been attacking women and children. They were hitting that theater that was full of women and children and leveled it. They've been hitting hospitals. They've been hitting shopping malls. They've been hitting all these locations. And the Russians have the, like, audacity to say, how dare you, Ukrainians, that you have the guts to come into our territory? I love the fact that the Ukrainians took the fight to Russia. And to me, I say, bravo, bravo, bravo. So tonight, I want to take your calls on all of this. What do you think of this move? What do you think is behind, if indeed it looks like the Ukrainians did do this attack? Why do you think they did it? What do you think the objective is? And are you worried that it could be escalatory? And should the Ukrainians or anybody care, even if it is? Maybe it just needed to happen to send a message to Russia. Now we need to keep doing it. Now we need to make sure that Russia pulls out entirely out of Ukraine and that Putin leaves with his tail between his legs. Wouldn't that be great, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And tonight I'm going to be taking tons of your calls because I want to hear from you. Because I believe, as General Petraeus said just a few hours ago, that this was a pivotal week in the war. That this could be the turning point in the war. And he... Like I, and I, boy, he certainly knows a lot more about military than I do. He says, get them every piece of hardware that they need. And I 1,000% agree with him. What are we waiting for? Why is the Biden administration somehow getting caught in like red tape and gobbledygook and all this other stuff? Do you think the Ukrainian people can wait? And who knows what Russia is planning? They're kind of moving back a little bit. And again, they seem to be a little bit on the defense But then we also hear reports that they're reconstituting. They're looking to bring in reinforcements. Don't give them that chance. Anybody who's been in warfare, and I want to hear from a lot of you guys, because I know so many great veterans also listen to our show, that there is that moment 
where the enemy has to go back and refill his troops, refuel his tanks, bring in reinforcement, and there's that transition period. So they need to take advantage of this moment because this moment may not come again. But they could win this thing, and the fact that they are actually as gutsy as to go hit into Russian territory, to me, that is an amazing message. And I say bravo, bravo, bravo. I encourage them to do a whole bunch more strikes in Russia because, boy, can you imagine if Russia looked like Mariupol? Listen, that's how they've treated Mariupol. They have leveled that city. There are 100,000 people that are trapped inside Mariupol, that Ukrainian city tonight, that can't leave. They've been actually targeting humanitarian convoys coming in. You know, it's like it it is just horrible and it's reprehensible when we hear what the Russian troops have been doing. So they're upset that there's a hit on an oil depot. Are you kidding me? That to me is outrageous. And I say payback is a blank. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, President Zelensky just a little bit ago was asked to confirm that Ukraine was behind the strikes. And he said, well, we cannot confirm or deny. Take a listen. I'm sorry. I do not discuss any of my orders as commander-in-chief. Uh, the leader of this uh, state and there are things which I only share with the military uh, uh, armed forces of Ukraine and when they talk with me. And Zelensky also said, now is a moment. I need the military hardware and I need it ASAP. Here is what he had to say about that and he said, I need it now. We don't want a million of uh, quality uh, uh, bulletproof vests or some special brand uh, helmets. Just give us uh, missiles. Give us airplanes. You cannot give us F-18 or F-19 or whatever you have. Give us the old Soviet planes. That's all. Give them into my hands. Give me uh, something to defend my uh, country with. Give me something to defend my country with. And he's like, give me the hardware. We'll close the skies on our own. We don't necessarily need you, America, but we need you ASAP to give us the military might so we can win this thing. And he even said, listen, our country, our people can fight. They are fighters. They are ferocious. Our people will fight to the bitter end. But the Russians have better military hardware than we do. So give us at least to be on equal footing. And give it to us now, because now while they're reconstituting in this transition phase, we can maybe get them out of our country and end this, not just for Ukraine, but he's saying for the world. And he's not the only one there. In fact, also, Anastasia Radina, she is a Ukrainian parliament member, and she had the same plea about get the military and get it ASAP, everybody. We need to be getting some military assistance we were not getting before. Now, we are not asking for boots on the ground, but we are asking for uh, proper surface-to-air air defense systems. We are asking for jets. We are asking for tanks. We are asking for heavy lethal weaponry that will give us an opportunity to receive military superiority and to actually clear Russian soldiers off our land. Give us the military might. Can you believe they are still begging? They have fought like lions. I mean, it's been a David and Goliath fight, and they are at this moment right now 
where they are able to even do some offensive strikes, as we're seeing of what's happening in Russia. And yet we're still kind of caught up in some bureaucratic red tape. Why is Biden trying to be so wishy-washy and why is he trying to kind of have it both ways? Why not put Russia in its place as the aggressor and try to knock them back to the Stone Age? There's a moment here, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to your calls, everybody. Let's go to Rob on line one. Go ahead, Rob. Your thoughts about all this. Well, Rita, I think there's more than meets the eye here, actually. Uh, there's uh, rampant corruption in the Zelensky regime as well, and it's documented like we know. And so – and there's a growing number of voices in a growing number of quarters that uh, the Zelensky regime and, and Ukraine is something of a hub – for the deep state that we're looking at, looking at out here. So I guess the first question to you is, do you automatically dismiss that notion? And then if not, uh, couldn't it be that Vladimir Putin has taken a poke at the deep state? Well, I think, first of all, I don't know about the second half. Um, I haven't seen any proof of that. Where I will say is that clearly to me, Rob, that, and I think, fact, they were attacked by Russia. So to me, they were a democratic country attacked by Russia. Russia clearly is the aggressor here. And, I mean, do you think that Vladimir Putin's a good guy? I mean, is that where you're coming well, from, Rob? No, no, not at all. I, and I think and let me, so, so let me ask well, you, you don't, answer, no, no, hang answer, on a second. You, you think he's not a good guy. So do you think it's okay for someone to invade another country and slaughter women and children and military and, you know, do you think there's anything right about that? Well, let me give an answer. None of that is what I'm saying at all. I'm saying this is macro level stuff. And I know that Vladimir Putin, the way I word it, Rita, is he's got KGB DNA. He can't be trusted as far as a snake can spit. So I'm not I'm not in any way, shape, manner or form saying that Vladimir Putin is in any way the good guy here. I'm just simply saying that if, if the Zelensky regime is corrupt, which there's lots of talk of all kinds of stuff, inside track stuff about uh, uh, Zelensky and his regime being very corrupt, then that's not something we should just ignore. And and, and, and by the way, by are, the way, I think I think we need to see all the information, but I don't think that that changes the fact that this was a democratic country that was attacked by a ruthless dictator who was doing horrible things and the people of Ukraine deserved to be free and there was a deal that was made you know when they gave up the nukes that was back it was the Budapest Accord it was many years ago Rob and Russia signed on to it saying okay if you give up your nukes Ukraine we will not invade we'll we'll protect you we'll guarantee your security also did US and UK and guess what it looks like Russia broke that accord and so to me, in this case, whatever and, and, you know, and I've seen different reports of things like that, too, as well. Nothing compares to me of what I have seen Russia do in the last 37 days. And it doesn't by any excuse, you know, uh, make any difference 
to the fact that we are now indeed seeing a ruthless dictator and monsters coming in and attacking a democratic country and slaughtering women and children, holding some of them hostage, um, you know, uh, just leveling a country. And to me, you know, I think anything else is making excuses. And I, and I, I don't think it's an appropriate thing. But I, I hear what you're saying. I think, listen, I think find all the information, but it doesn't change the bottom lines of the fact. Whatever it is, it's a blip on the radar compared to what we're seeing Vladimir Putin do. But, Rob, thanks for the call. I always love hearing all different layers. We're going to keep talking about this, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show here on this Friday night as we are talking about big developments in the Russia-Ukraine war as Ukraine goes on the offensive for the first time since the war began in the last you know month or so. It's been now 37 days, and they were very brazen, and they took a strike inside Russia, it appears. They're not confirming, but they're also not denying it, which means pretty much, yeah, they did it. And it was on an oil depot where a lot of the military hardware is being refueled. And interestingly, Russia's coming back and going, you know what? I can't believe they did that. Are you kidding me? They have been pounding the Ukrainian soil and pounding different cities within Ukraine. And I can't believe that Russia has the audacity to complain about a strike payback in their country. That is like minimal compared to the devastation and the horror that they have unleashed on Ukraine. And also some of the stories that we're hearing out of Ukraine are just horrific. You know, I had talked about this a couple, you know, a couple days ago, we had heard reports of different children and women that had actually been taken captive by Russian forces that were moved out of different cities and taken to Russia for what we don't know. And now a Russian, uh, a Ukrainian parliament member came out and said that they have some very specific details about some children that were taken from a hospital in Mariupol. That, of course, is that port city that has been just so pummeled by the Russians, and the pounding there continues even tonight. And listen to this story from a Ukrainian parliament member who says that young kids were separated from their mothers and taken to Russia for God knows what. Take a listen. The situation is actually horrible. What we know is that Russia took people, for, took kids from bombarded hospital in Mariupol, separated them from their parents, and kidnapped those kids to Russia. And we are now trying to trace the destinies of these kids, and we are not very successful. Again, Russia kidnapped Ukrainian kids, separated them from their families, and is keeping them in Russia as hostages, as part of their genocide war against Ukraine. Wow. Taking them as hostages. How low does it get? Taking young kids as hostages. And there are reports that as many as 400,000 people have been taken for relocation to Russia, including tens of thousands of children. And that is just one of the cases that she was describing that's happened in Mariupol. And those stories are being told over and over again in different cities. 
in Ukraine. So where does this go from here? And what do you think of the fact that Ukraine is getting pretty brazen and now went after a strike inside the Russian territory? I say bravo, bravo, bravo. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in Houston. Go ahead, Michael, on line three. Your thoughts about all this, Michael? Well, good evening, Rita. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, I listen to WABC uh, entirely too much, I believe. No, by the uh, way, by the way, never enough of that, Michael. That's a good addiction to have. (laughs) I agree. You have the best hosts. But um, my point is, is that uh, the answer is simple. Why Biden is not providing more support to Ukraine and Zelensky. He's compromised. It's as simple as that. And how do you think he is compromised? Are you talking about Hunter Biden or for what reason? Absolutely. You know, the money that uh, he received from, you know, the mayor. of Yeah, the uh, mayor, the mayor of Moscow's wife. Yeah. That's right. Indeed, you're right. The mayor of Moscow's wife. Uh, he got tons of money. We still don't really know what that was for. Um, and by the way, Michael, to your point, um, we know that a grand jury is actually looking into this, which is why it's been headlines all over the place of late in the last, like it seems like the rest of the media kind of got on the bandwagon. Um, and again, we don't know if Joe Biden got any money or not, but a lot of this is being looked into. We're going to talk about it more after the break. Rita Cosby is on. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love, where we always honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a big shout out to a Tucson, Arizona police officer who was recently credited with saving the life of a bicyclist who was struck by a tractor trailer, amazingly. A Tucson police officer, Officer Antoine Robinson, was the first to arrive at a crash scene He found a female bicyclist who had been run over by a tractor trailer. He said, I remember seeing her. I saw the driver standing in the parking lot trying to hold it together. And it appeared that the 18-wheeler had completely run over her, stopping just before the last set of tires. Amazingly, the 36-year-old victim was alert and conscious, but very seriously injured, including injuries that were really catastrophic. Robinson knew that he had to act fast to keep the woman from bleeding to death. So the officer quickly focused on the task at hand and applied tourniquets and also stabilized her as well. He said, I don't think she realized the severity of her injuries because she only complained about the pavement burning her back and didn't realize how very, very serious the rest of her injuries were. So I talked her through it. I kept applying the tourniquets and using gauze to control the bleeding. Once the bleeding was controlled, others were able to keep her conscious, and he also tried to keep her calm until the fire department paramedics arrived. They took her to the hospital, and the doctors believed those tourniquets and his life-saving skills actually saved the woman's life. What an incredible, powerful story. And talk about being there at the right time and saving this woman's life. And what a big shout out and bravo to our great men and women 
in law enforcement. Well, we are talking about the war in Ukraine because things are getting really, really heated up. Um, In the last day, we are learning that there was a strike inside Russian territory at an oil depot, which was clearly a big message to the Russians by the Ukrainians that we can actually go inside your territory too, buddy. You know, payback is uh, is a blank. And in the middle of all this, so many people are kind of going, what the heck is going on? Why is it taking so long for American military hardware and other hardware, but especially American military hardware, to hurry up and get to Ukraine? They are begging. President Zelensky was on Fox News just a little bit ago, and he's like, listen, we desperately, desperately need the best military hardware in the world. If you give us the best military hardware in the world, then I bet you we will win this fight. Give us military might that we can actually take the skies ourselves, that we can control the skies ourselves. But we need to hurry up and get it. And so he was asked, why do you think that there's a delay? Do you think that the U.S. government maybe in some form might be playing games with you? Do you think that some of the countries are playing politics? And he was pretty diplomatic in his answers. But take a listen. This is President Zelensky responding to that. But if this process gets longer, continues to be delayed, if we can see that this, uh, the process of transferring those weapons is getting slower, then people uh, begin to ask the question, is it really true? Maybe there is some game behind it. I don't want to believe that some, uh, some partners of ours are playing uh, games. We want simple peace. So do you think the Biden administration is playing games in some form? Because they're saying they promised us this stuff, but where is it? Why is it so hard to basically deliver it? I mean, you know, you just put it across the border. You got Poland right there. That's a NATO country. It's right there. They're more than willing. They were about to give them the MiGs, remember? So it's pretty easy to just transport it over the border. So what the heck is taking so long? Are the Biden administration officials playing politics and why? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And so many people are asking that, that Brett Baer asked President Zelensky just a little bit ago, do you think President Biden wants you to win? Listen to this. I have faith that President Biden, like any true American citizen, believes and wants uh, the truth to win. And the truth is on the side of Ukraine. I uh, believe that they want the values that uh, make our nations closer to win. That's freedom. That's democracy, freedom of speech. Uh, freedom to choose, freedom to choose your dignified life, uh, work, who to live with, who to love, how many children to have. And I think that those values are close to every human being. We want simple peace for our uh, nation. Very diplomatic that I think Biden wants us to win. And by the way, the reason he's asked that is because in the last day or two, 
The press secretary, the head of communications there, Kate Beddington, she's the White House communications director, was asked during a White House press briefing, what is victory? Is it victory, in other words, that Ukraine wins? And she's like, well, we want Russia to stop its aggression. And then the reporter went back, wait, 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 don't you want Ukraine to win? Like, it's a pretty easy question. And the answer should be, yeah, of course I want Ukraine to win. That's why we're arming them. That's why we're helping them. That's why we're giving them money, humanitarian aid. But for some reason, the White House has still had a hard time answering that question. They don't have a hard time kind of now going after Putin. And we've seen President Biden and all his crazy slip ups in the last week or so, you know, saying regime change, basically, and and all the other things. But they seem to have a hard time to say that they want Ukraine to win. It's like they're still afraid of Vladimir Putin. And Zelensky was asked about that, too. Do you think that Biden's afraid of you know, Vladimir Putin. And his answer was, you know, I would hope that no American president should be afraid of Vladimir Putin. But he didn't say no. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people are going, is Biden just so scared of Vladimir Putin that he doesn't want to come out and say that he wants Ukraine to win? Of course he wants Ukraine to win. He's given the money. He's given the aid. He's doing this even though he's dragging his feet. But why is it such a, a top tricky question that should be a very easy answer? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Patty on Line 7. Patty, your thoughts about all this and about why the White House seems to have a hard time, Patty, answering if they want, you know, Ukraine to win or not. It's an interesting, wouldn't you think it'd be a quick answer? Absolutely, Rita, you know, if you say so. And Rita, thanks for taking my brief my brief call, I seldom argue now because I have to be diplomatic always. Um, but if I, and, and, uh, Rita, I'm a little hesitant, but I, I don't think the president is being wishy-washy. I think he's being cautious. We had the Vietnam War. We had the, Af- the Afghan War. Uh, and we're still helping the Afghanis. So we have to be careful. But I don't think the president is being wishy-washy. You know, you bring up, by the way, um, and I think to your point, Patty, I think the president should be careful. You know, you don't want somebody who is, you know, just reacts and then later says, gosh, I wish I didn't do that. But he doesn't seem to be leading this effort. And that's the one thing that even Zelensky was just alluding to. If you listen to some of his language, I was watching the interview you know, and listening to the way he picked his words. And he was saying, yeah, I hope that China plays a role like sort of towards peace because people wonder, of course, China's buddy-buddy with Russia. I hope America plays that role with China. I hope America plays this. I hope America does that. And you could tell that Zelensky feels a little frustrated that White House has not been leading the charge. It seems more NATO or or other people or nobody really sort of leading the charge. It seems like sometimes Turkey seems to be leading the charge in this or Israel to try to bring them to the peace table, even for even for peace, Patty. Like, I actually wish this president, I think, hasn't has been kind of docile in a lot of ways. I mean, he's also been fumbly with some of his language, but I think he's been docile even trying to bring them both to the peace table, you know, not even necessarily on one side or the other, but just, and he should, obviously, I think there's clearly a side here, but I think he's also not forcing them to the peace table. He's not being the leader of the free world. And I think we're missing that moment, and clearly the Ukrainian people are, 
and it may be something that we regret for a long time. But what do you think, Patty? I, I, uh, Rita, I think I'll make it brief again. You know, I'm saying I'll make it brief. I don't think he's being docile, but I think he's going to have eight years of in the administration, you know, as a president. But you think he's he going to stick? Is, or you um, think he's going to be alive that long, Patty? He's really yeah, like Patty. I don't. I, I don't. I honestly, I actually don't think he's going to be around for for two times. I by I think even by his own choice. You know, I think either the Democrats are going to want somebody else or he may say one term's enough. I'll be surprised if he's a two termer, Patty. Yeah, well, um, Rita, I think I think he's going to be in for eight years. He may be the most docile president that we've ever had, but he may be known eventually in the future as the best. And thanks a lot, Rita. Patty, thank you very much. And by the way, I love hearing from everybody. So, Patty, thank you. That was a great call. And by the way, I love hearing different opinions. That's what I think is so great. Um, And I always welcome them here on the Rita Cosby Show. I totally disagree. Um, And the reason I say that, Patty, is that here is a guy who, to me, this is not the spry Joe Biden that we've seen over, you know, even even the best of Joe Biden. I met Joe Biden, I think, the very first time. In the mid-90s, when I was in Washington, met him many times, and he's always been very feisty, very spirit. This is not the Joe Biden who's very feisty, very spirited, I don't think, by even Democrats' account. And in fact, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just came out the other day and said that the Democrats are really disappointed in him. And if you look at the polls, the American public's disappointed in him. Um, And I think sometimes... Sometimes being measured is a good thing. So I, I also hear where you're saying, Patty, and I think that that's a good that's a good quality being measured and not being hasty. But I also think you don't want to border on the line of a Neville Chamberlain either. And I think sometimes he is so out of it and seems so removed, and then he throws these comments that he has to take back or the White House has to take back. Um, that I would be, I'm surprised. I would be really, really surprised if he ends up being a, a two termer. Uh, even by his own choice, uh, even by Jill's choice. Jill may say, get the heck out of there, hubby. <laughs> Time to get out of there. Who knows? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry on line four. Larry, uh, we just heard from Patty. She thinks that Biden's a two-termer. I'm wondering if he's going to last two days. Go ahead. Uh, that's uh, Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree with you. And my theory is this. The closer you get to death, the more afraid you are, okay, with the exception of people that live their life on a certain plateau like Ronald Reagan did, always consistently on the high, on the high end. Now, Joe Biden is, is, is very old and feeble. He's close to – he's not far away from death, okay? I don't want to – but the thing is he's petrified of Putin. If Putin will discern – that there's that is, that is any kind of an escalation in fighting ability in the air or in the ground because of anything that Ukraine was given. Okay, he's going to do something against the United States. Now it's not only fear, but it's combined with the fact that this administration is comprised of the of the lowest level of humanity. Take for example, Jen Psaki. She actually articulated. I couldn't believe it. She said, "Don't forget," she said to a reporter, "This war was not against us." meaning she provided a rationale for sitting and watching people being slaughtered. That represents the lowest level of humanity. Okay, so it's a combination of fear and degeneracy. You know what's interesting, Larry, too? Did you hear what I was also saying was interesting? Because people are asking, you know, Zelensky, Brett Baer from Fox News, who did an interview with him a few hours ago, was asking, do you think Biden wants you to win? 
I mean, that should be a basic question. That should be and should be a two second answer. Any U.S. president should say, yes, I want Ukraine to win. And yet the White House has been kind of like, well, we think that Russia should stop its aggression. They, they seem to have a hard time answering that question. And it's been an interesting one. Even Zelensky said, you know, any U.S. president should want us. And I believe that, you know, that Biden would want us to win. But it's not like one. He, he could tell that he's a little bit frustrated. He just can't come out and slam Biden because they need the missiles and they need the hardware and they need the money. He doesn't want to cut off, you know, or, or you know, disconnect from uh, Biden administration. That's the last thing he needs right now. He needs more help, not less help. He doesn't want to put their back up against the wall. But isn't that interesting that this administration, that that's a that seems to be a trick question? I mean, if, if I was White House press secretary, you know, and they came to me and said, you know, do you what does your president want? To, I'd be, oh, heck, yeah. Are you kidding me? Where's that? That's a ridiculous question. But they're like, well, uh, 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 what do you make of that, Lair? I'll tell you what I make of it. President Trump, to his great credit, tried to troubleshoot through that very problem when he demanded the answer from Putin right in the middle of a war as to why the uh, the, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave $3.5 million to Hunter Biden. Uh, like a previous caller said, he could be compromised that if Russia loses the war, something is going to come out. That could be stuck in the back of his head, and that could very well be. And that's what Trump was trying to do, is to troubleshoot through that problem. So it doesn't until it's out. The, so the information's out already, and that Biden doesn't have to, anything to conceal. That's interesting. So you think that he's sort of fighting the war, but not really fighting the war. In other words, he's supporting the Ukrainians, but still thinking maybe the Russians ultimately will win, and that's what he wants to happen so Russia doesn't, you know, release something, you know, against the family if there is something there. Well, we don't know what's going on, but the fact of the matter is it could be the first thing I said. It could be fear and and the fact that these are low low-standing people. They're not high-minded people that we voted in, okay? And they're fearful. They want they want their lives above everything. Well, if you listen to Patty, she thinks he's going to go down as like uh, George Washington. So, <laughs> boy. Larry, thank you. Love the call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Patty was saying that maybe it's George Washington. Biden is George Washington. Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I don't care if you never come home. I don't mind if you just keep on rolling away on a distance because I don't love you. A little bit of promises from Eric Clapton here on a Friday night on the Rita Cosby Show. And people are wondering, is President Biden not delivering on his promises to the Ukrainian people? 
And there are other countries, too, as well. But Zelensky right now is kind of wondering, where's the military might? We have shown that we can fight. We're even taking the fight into Russia, according to reports, that they hit an oil depot inside Russia, 20 to 30 miles inside the border. So they got guts. They have fight. They have courage. They have tenacity. They clearly have perseverance. Now they're asking for more military might so they can finish the job on the Russians. Otherwise, maybe the Russians can reconstitute and come back for phase two. So why are we sitting on our hands, guys? Let's hurry up and finish this. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Byron on line seven. Byron, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, Byron. Hi, Rita. I've called you in the past, and only in my last call that I described myself as a retired trial lawyer and former prosecutor, but that doesn't really matter in the current context. I have come to the conclusion that President Biden may in fact be part of the front left, the far left agenda to destroy America. He's too much in bed with Ukraine, too much in bed with Russia, too much in bed with everything that involves money. But I don't, I'm not that uh, enamored with that because I don't think he's that smart. He, he's 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 part of that. He's part of an orbit that he doesn't even understand. Since he's malleable, which is to say changeable, he says whatever his puppeteers tell him to do. So let this Byron, let me ask you: Who do you think is the puppeteer? Then who do you think are the people pulling the strings? Then who can know, Rita? It's it, it's whoever's underneath him, the deep state or whatever. It may not even be at that eat that even that deep, that deep. I think they're not that deep. His puppeteers are right beneath him. Might even be his wife. Well, Who you knows? know, well, you know what's interesting, Byron. Exactly, sort of to your point. Also, you know, as you're saying, it's interesting because he comes out during press conferences. And remember, sometimes he's like, oh, they told me I'm going to get in trouble if I answer a question or I'm going to get in trouble if I do that. So clearly somebody is pulling the strings and not him. And he seems to think like, you know, his mother's going to scold him or something like that if he answers a question from a reporter or if he says something wrong. Oh, they're going to be mad at me. And then remember, even this week, they gave him cue cards. Remember, they gave him cue cards. And it was interesting to see. He was like, okay, sound outrage. Answer the question on this. Answer the question on that. Answer this. Like they're literally saying, don't go off script. And here's the script, Mr. President. So there is somebody pulling the strings. And you're right. It's not him. And he even says it because he's he's like one of those people who like, you know, has no filter. He just kind of says what he's thinking or what he's told to say. And he even says they told me to say so there is definitely someone having input, and I'd be curious to know who that is, too. Is it Susan Rice? Is it, you know, somebody else from the Obama administration? Uh, is it his wife? Um, I mean, is it uh, Kamala Harris? Cackles? I'm not sure. Let's go to uh, Mark on Line 8. Mark, your thoughts about all this. What do you think in terms of Biden not really fully also kind of giving it his all to Zelensky. It's really interesting that even Zelensky doesn't seem content but doesn't want to criticize him. Well, because uh, Zelensky needs our weapons. Yep. That's what he wants. Yep. That's what he wants. Joe Biden, let's, let's make this perfectly clear. Joe Biden is no leader whatsoever. 
None. The, Patty, the did you hear Patty? Media, who, wait, Mark, I got to get you to respond because yes. Patty just called in a little bit ago, said she thinks he's a two-termer and he may go down as like, uh, you know, you know, in the league of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. What do you think? Oh, no way. I live through Carter. I lived through that. And I thought I would never in my lifetime see somebody as bad as that. Well, be careful what you wish for, because guess what? I got it right now with Joe Biden. Joe Biden is no leader. Just look at the way when he goes when he goes uh, overseas. Look at the way the other foreign leaders think there's a total disrespect. When President Trump went there, everybody wanted to be near him. They you're right. Say, no, you're right. It's, it's a very different like way. And even at NATO, it was like, oh, gosh, here's Trump. It was like, who's this guy? Oh, that's Biden. You know, you're right. It was a very different scenario. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break on The Rita Cosby Show. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. What the heck is the Biden administration waiting for? Ukraine is still getting pounded And they are now going on the offense. The Kremlin is saying that Ukraine attacked a fuel depot inside of Russia. Ukraine not denying it, which means that it's probably true. Um, And I think that's great. They went on the offense. But now Russia is saying there will be consequences. So what could be coming from Russia? Boy, things could be escalating big time. And At the same time, why are we not hurrying up and giving them all the military hardware they need? They've been asking for the MiGs. They've been asking for the tanks. They've been asking for more of the surface-to-air missiles, all these things, so they can really try to have parity and basically truly fight the Russians basically on equal footing militarily. And here is President Zelensky just a little bit ago pleading, basically saying, please, please, America, please send us the weaponry. We need it now. Take a listen. Regarding heavy weapons, everything's very simple. If the world is uh, ready to uh, tell the truth to their people, if we don't have heavy weapons, uh, how can we defend ourselves? How can we fight against one of the strongest armies in the world? Our military, our uh, people, uh, soldiers are stronger than the Russian Federation. But they have a lot more weapons, so these forces are not equal. And they will say, excuse me, you now have enough of what you, what you were given, and uh, we cannot go and die for your territory. These are serious challenges. Uh, powerful weapons are needed to Ukrainians. Heavy weapons will give us a ch- an opportunity to talk with them at the negotiation table. And by the way, I agree with him. That is the only message that Vladimir Putin seems to understand, and that's strength. He seems to only appreciate and respect somebody who pushes back on him and shows strength. And I agree. Do you think that the Ukrainians will have any sort of power in the negotiations and in any sort of peace deal if their country's leveled and if the Russians are ruling the entire country? They won't. So what they're saying is right now, let's push them back. 
Let's try to get them out of our country. Then we can figure out some way to have peace for everybody's sake, not just for Ukraine. So why is President Biden tiptoeing around? It's like he seems to tiptoe through the tulips on everything. And this is sort of par for the course. And now also Ukrainian parliament members, they came into Washington this week because they said they are on a campaign right now where they need the same thing. They need weapons immediately. They said this moment right now is one of the most pivotal in the war. If we can get the military hardware, we can win this thing. Take a listen to this plea from a female Ukrainian parliament member. But we are urging to make this help happen right now, the sense of urgency is that we actually needed this weapon yesterday. We needed that the day before yesterday to help those people starving right now in Mariupol. We are very much afraid of another round of discussions. We are hearing that some things are on the table, but our message is that things on the table do not help on the ground, and we need shipments on the ground now. We need the West to actually stand in those values of freedom in those values of international order and democracy and international humanitarian law and to stand in action to do more, to show that the West is really strong, strongly standing in action. So she basically saying, Biden, get off your tush and start acting like a commander in chief. And that was basically the same message that Zelensky was saying was like, listen, we need the U.S. to lead, lead in getting us military and lead and also bringing people to the peace table. What the heck are you waiting for, President Biden? Here is President Zelensky just a little bit ago. We talked with President Biden. We talked with him uh, quite often. Often enough, we had a conversation yesterday. We are saying that Ukraine would like to see among the leaders of those guarantors, those who are joining this important peace settlement process, we would like to see the United States led by the president among those leaders. We would like to see the American president among those leaders. Can you imagine, you guys, if President Trump was in power, how different this would be handled? It would be like he's leading the charge. He's leading the charge. Can you imagine President you know, Trump being in the background, like kind of stuck there like uh, curtains in the background? I highly think that would not have happened. I don't think Putin would have invaded if President Trump was in power because he would have sensed that there was there was a threat. He would have been worried what President Trump would have done. And I think tonight he is sitting there saying, you know what, this president isn't really doing anything. And that's basically almost the same message that Zelensky's saying. And inaction could be disastrous, not just for Ukraine, but for the world. And one place that he is seeming to do a little bit of action, and it's not good action, is our own southern border. And by the way, later on in this hour, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about Ukraine now for a bit, guys. But then later on in the hour, we're going to talk about what's happening on our border because President Biden's administration today basically said that in a few weeks, they will be lifting a rule. It's a public health rule that basically allowed border agents to immediately expel newly arrived migrants to our country that they deemed inadmissible. They were able to basically have them stay out of the country. Did anybody think that they were basically even enforcing that? Our borders are so porous anyway. But 
there was at least a Title 42 in place. And now this Title 42, the CDC announced just a little bit ago, a few hours ago, that they are lifting it. In other words, the border is going to be a leaky sieve, even more than it already is, which is just kind of shocking and really, really stunning. And many people are saying, no surprise, this president just seems to have no policy on the border either. Here's Vice President Pence talking about that. It seems to me the Biden administration is intent on on driving an agenda that can only be described as open borders. The American people aren't having it. They want secure borders. They want an end to the crisis of illegal immigration. This will only make it worse. What a mess, as if things could get worse. And some of the numbers of people who have crossed our own southern border skyrocketing. So that is a major security risk, as is what's happening in Ukraine and his sort of Lack of action and the thought of like, okay, well, you know what, that's just going to be lifted. We're just going to make it even easier for people to cross the border. Some stunning numbers that we'll talk about later on in the show. And what do you think the repercussions of this are? Because already many people are saying this is not the time to lift this Title 42, as if there was almost anything that the Biden administration was doing to block people from coming in. Now, they believe it's going to get even worse, if you can believe that. It's basically going to be a big old neon sign saying, come on in and cross the border. What are your thoughts, first off, about Biden's leadership overall, and especially on the world stage, on what's happening as President Zelensky is saying, please, Please get us the military hardware. We're not asking for U.S. troops. We're not asking for U.S. planes. We are asking, please get us those MiGs, those Soviet-style planes. Those are basically the ones that Poland said that they would have done if U.S. had helped sort of with the transport of that. Again, I think they should have snuck it in on a flatbed uh, truck in the middle of the night at some point. They should have done it weeks ago. They should have done it months ago. They shouldn't have telegraphed it. But we are where we are, and this president, I contend his docile behavior and his lackluster leadership on the world stage has put us into this moment. And right now, if he doesn't step up to the plate and, I think, help the Ukrainian people, they may lose us. If he gives them the hardware, they may win it. You look, they've had some tremendous success, and the Russian military has not lived up to its name and its reputation as this great military machine. So what are we waiting for? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Glenn on Line 8. Glenn, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead. First of all, um, Patty that called in, whatever she's smoking, I want some of that. Oh, my God. Me, too. By the way, she's got some really good, strong stuff because she believes, basically, that Biden is, you know, is the next uh, second coming. And she thinks he's going to come again for a second term, which I'll be surprised if, if he has a pulse. I mean, he's like barely awake. He's taking naps already, you know? Yeah. Secondly, that wasn't Patty. It was Jill Biden calling anyway. Yeah, right, uh, right, right, right. Jill Biden calling in with the call. Hey, uh, some yeah, guy named Joe, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my, my thoughts are that that family, the Biden family, is so compromised in that part of the world. Not according to Patty. Patty thinks he's he's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, forget about it. He, he can't do anything. That's why he's dragging his feet, because they have so much on him that would ruin him. But Give it a couple more months when the Republicans take over and they start doing their investigation. Believe me, it's all going to come out. 
Now, how um, much, let me ask you, Glenn, before we move forward, how much do you think, and obviously right now a grand jury for a fact, according to many reports, um, is has been convened looking into the son, um, Hunter Biden, who, again, Joe said is one of the smartest people he knows or the smartest guy he knows is how he described him. The guy has obviously got a lot of screws yeah. loose. Um, but what do you think, where do you think that's going to head, that that grand jury? And do you think that's playing a role in the type of policy that Biden's doing? That would be really a travesty for Ukraine and the world, if so. Oh, absolutely it is. When he stood in front of the camera and said he knew nothing about his son's business dealings, and then a couple of days later they came out with Tony Bobolinsky, who had confirmed that Biden knew all about everything. Right, and the picture, too. Remember, there was a picture of them golfing. He said he'd never met the business partners, and then there he is hanging out on the golf course with them. You know, And, and then we find out that Hunter took the plane Air Force Two of taxpayers' expense to uh, China. You know, so, I mean, you know, you got to wonder, hey, son, what, why are you coming on Air Force Two with me? You know? It's all, all going to come out, and you're going to see that, 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 I mean, it's just unbelievable the money that was flowing. Yeah. The only thing to worry about now is if they do some kind of conviction on on on, on the son, the father's going to pardon him anyway. Right, but so. then can you imagine right now if he were to do? And first of all, we don't know, you know, if there'll be a conviction or or even an indictment. But that's what a grand jury does, and a grand jury looks for an indictment um, and decides whether or not to indict. So should they go to an indictment, then? Um, you know, there is a potential, like you said, at that point, if he that he could maybe do some pardon. But if he did at this point, now that finally the New York Times and the Washington Post and CBS News and all these other people have had some epiphany and decided to cover the story, Glenn, now because of all of that, um, I don't think he could pardon them. I mean, he could pardon. He And I can imagine he probably would. Maybe he said, oh, well, I'm only planning on being a one-termer or I'm planning on leaving in a year, despite what Patty says. Um, you know, I'm planning on being her short term. I can see him trying to pardon. But if he were to pardon and wanted to stay in office, I think there would be even so much outcry now because everyone has been covering that story. And it just would look so bad to pardon his own. There would be just such unbelievable outcry if that were to happen. And again, we don't know if he's even going to be indicted. But I think if it goes to an indictment and then it goes to trial, then they will call in people and say, hey, what it was Joe Biden there at the time? And when the that reference to whatever 10 percent for the big guy, who's the big guy? You know, I mean, it's going to open a huge can of worms. And you have to wonder why a guy who seems like his expertise is doing crack and bad paintings is getting paid millions upon millions of dollars, uh, including big bucks from the mayor of Moscow's wife. I mean, what the heck was that going on? You, you think they were picking him because he was a rocket scientist? I don't think so. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Like the Doobie Brothers say, what a fool Biden has been in the way he has handled the situation in Ukraine. And I keep thinking, God, had he put in military might from get-go and had he rallied all these other countries where... 
the leading country in the world. He is supposed to be the commander in chief and leader of the free world. Had he rallied all these other countries in NATO and combined with the U.S. and the rest of the NATO might. Imagine if they had said, Putin, don't move your troops another inch closer to the border. And yet they waited and waited and waited. And now the Ukrainian people, with the help, yeah, of some military hardware from the U.S. and elsewhere, they are putting up a ferocious fight and even going on the offense. But they said, you know what, we need more help. They are pleading right now and saying that this is a key, key moment. And they also are saying that we're not just fighting for ourselves. We are fighting, they believe, for the world because they say if Putin continues and has more victory in Ukraine, he's had some victory, of course, on the eastern part in the Donbass region. But if he continues to have even more victory, gets through Ukraine, then he's just going to keep on going. And then a lot of NATO countries are right there. And he says this is important that the world step up and step up now. Take a listen. This is Zelensky just a little bit ago. Not uh, civilized, not uh, democratic, but some kind of authoritarian. That's how they took our Crimea, they took away our Donbas, and now they want to take more of our territory. We will not let them, because one can't do things like that. Someone has to stop it. If not us, then there will be others after us. Europe, countries of Europe, the European Union, the former uh, Soviet republics, and then, of course, Poland, uh, Romania, and, and so on. Those are big plans. So that's what he wants. And he will get it unless he is stopped. So why are we not hurrying up and making it very abundantly clear that Ukraine's going to get whatever the heck they need and Russia needs to get the heck out of that country? Why is that such a tough thing to say for this president who is not leading the world on a pivotal moment in history? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy on line seven. Jimmy, your thoughts about all this. What do you think, Jim? Hey, Jim, you're right there. I'm Jim from New Jersey. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, Tim? Or hey, Jim? Jim. Jim, I think it's Jim. Are you Tim? I'm Tim. Oh, yep. sorry, Tim. Yeah, they said Jim, but that's okay. I like Tim. I like both names. So go ahead, Tim. <laughs> Okay, great. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Um, I'd like to comment on Biden administration's behavior during this war. People have brought up that it's the Biden crime family has their tentacles involved with Ukraine and Russia. I'd also like to bring up that it may be uh, the Biden administration's out in terms of these big gas prices, inflation and everything. They're making the excuse that it's this war that's keeping these prices high. Absolutely. So By the way, absolutely. You, you bring up a great, great point because they are putting everything, as you're just saying, you know, on food prices, on gas prices. They're calling it the Putin price hike. And to me, that is it's it's just such a it is so disingenuous, Jim. Um, and, uh, you know, not your comment, but I'm, I'm highlighting what you're saying, because I agree with you um, that in some way. You know, maybe he's like, oh, this is good because we can blame all the problems that happened with, you know, food prices. They're, you know, we're blaming it on this gas prices. We're blaming it on this. But, you know, Jim, if you look at the numbers and the timing of all those things, 
we were having problems well before the war. I mean, I mean, it's uh, the average American, I hope, sees through that bunch of hogwash because it hasn't helped, of course, the fact that and his policies also, Jim, making us energy dependent as opposed to energy independent, which we were under President Trump. And he has changed, you know, gone through this green energy policy that has made us now reliant on foreign oil where we would have been abundant. We would have been selling to other countries. We would have been in such a great position. But now other countries are still relying on Russian oil. Um, many countries, especially in Europe, are still relying on Russian oil because they don't have an alternative. And we are now trying to, you know, now we're tapping into the strategic oil reserves. Remember, it just came out the other day. I mean, this is a dangerous place to be, Jim. Do you believe that, uh, you know, that do you believe Democratic voters are going to believe that? And do you believe Republican and independent voters are going to believe that? I think that independent will, as well as Republican. And I think those Democrats who look at what's going on, they see it and they will vote accordingly. I'm a little bit afraid about the voting uh, reform that should get in there to make it uh, that I want an ID needed for vote. I, could I make another point concerning the military, though? Yeah, real quick. Go ahead, real quick. Lieutenant Schuler uh, was relieved of his duty for criticizing a higher up in the military. Right, I remember Yet that, Mark, yep. Mark Milley, though, criticized the commander-in-chief, who I look at as in the military, specifically the former president, President Trump, yet he kept his job. And I find that uh, and not only did he criticize, but he was wrong. Yeah. By, he was, by the and, way, Jim, I, I, I hear you. And we're just going up to a heartbreak. But I hear what you're saying. I thought when Millie spoke out, it was outrageous, his criticism. And you're right. He was wrong even when he said that. So you're right. There's some definite double standards going on here, guys. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, fellow veterans and loved ones of Charlie Williams gathered to honor him for his 75 years so far as a member of the American Legion. It happened in Statesboro, Georgia. Nurses rolled the 102-year-old veteran to the chapel at a hospice and to an anxiously awaiting crowd. They presented him with a proclamation that marks his 75 years as a member. He was also a past commander there as well. And also Williams, by the way, when he was in the military, served in Europe under General Patton. He said that his brother got out of the service before he did. And then his brother was a member of the American Legion. And at the time, he just joined because he did. But he is so thankful that he did. And he also said it's important to honor veterans and remember their service, especially when they've served even after they leave active duty. By the way, American Legion Post members say that at a 102 years old, Williams is Georgia's oldest American Legion member. How amazing that he is still with us and that they are able to honor him. What a great, great thing and how beautiful. We always love that. I always love this segment on the show where we get to support our heroes. I love this and our Back the Blue that we do every night to honor 
some of the greatest folks that we have in our country. Well, we have been talking, of course, about what's been happening over in Russia, Ukraine, and so many people wondering, why are we not getting the military hardware? I understand why we don't want to send American boots on the ground over into Ukraine. It is not a NATO country, and right now I think we should give everything we can from a military perspective. And President Zelensky is pleading with the United States to do that. Hurry up. Get us whatever, ever you can. And many people are wondering, why is it taking the Biden administration so long? And in fact, Zelensky was alluding to that today. Basically, he didn't want to criticize Biden because he still needs the money, the humanitarian, the military might that he is getting from U.S. and elsewhere. But he is also wondering Why are some of the things being holed up? He basically said, you know, I hope that if there are some games that they're not playing games. You know, he's trying to be diplomatic about it. Well, Republicans in Congress, like Dan Crenshaw, who's been in battle, he's a veteran. He said, you know what? This is ridiculous that the Biden administration needs to step up and help Ukraine immediately. Take a listen. Here's Dan Crenshaw. I think what's frustrating is there is widespread bipartisan agreement in the Congress that they need more and that we want to deliver more. And, uh, you know, you asked that question, where where is the speed bump? And I, I think it's the administration. I don't think they're aggressive enough. I think they're making excuses for not getting uh, weapons and aid delivered fast enough. They said that the 800 million would be delivered within the next two weeks. Well, why wasn't it? Why was it delivered in the next two days? Uh, there, there's not a lot of really good reasoning that they're providing to us as to why that's happening. It seems like it's bureaucratic molass, and that's a problem. I mean, their explanation for not letting, for getting in the way of Poland giving Ukraine MIGs, it was, it was highly insufficient. I mean, it talked about us being too escalatory and that, well, you know, MIGs aren't that great, so why do they need them? Well, they're better than nothing. And guess what? The escalation has already happened. So, the, so I, I think the administration needs to step up here. I 1,000% agree, and they need to do it ASAP because still Ukraine is getting pounded, but they have had a lot of successes, including what's been reported to be their first strike inside of Russia at a Russian oil depot where a lot of the military hardware was being refueled. So that's a significant kind of message, sort of saying, hey, take a look, guys, payback, you know, but they need as much help as they can. And I do not understand why our administration is dragging its feet. Now, one of you guys just said right before the break, you called in and you were basically saying that maybe the administration likes the fact that this is going on and allowing it to drag on because they have been using it as an excuse for basically all of their woes. You know, uh, the Putin price hike that we heard from President Biden a lot in the last few days, where he basically said, hey, yeah, I know that prices have been sky high on gas, average price, you know, $4.22 a gallon, uh, saying, oh, yeah, you know what? Basically, it's Putin's price hike, you know, and food prices going up a huge amount. In some cases, people believe about 10%. Oh, that's Putin's price hike. Uh, Well, you know what? The facts are the facts, Mr. President. Most of these things were all going up before the invasion of Russia, of Ukraine. Yes, it hasn't helped by any question. You know, there's no question the fact that, you know, the war, especially when it comes to oil, because of your energy policies, Mr. President. But he seems to think that everything is Vladimir Putin's fault And so one of you guys said, is this maybe part of the reason that this is dragging on, that this president wants to use Putin as a punching bag 
for all the problems that this president and his administration's policies have created. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of a back and forth today. And this was at the White House. This is when Jackie Heinrich, she is the Fox News correspondent there at the White House, was asking Circleback Saki, the White House press secretary, Jen Saki, about isn't this disingenuous of this president to basically say it's all Putin's fault? Take a listen. Today, the president blamed Putin's invasion of Ukraine for not just higher gas prices, but also higher food prices. Uh, inflation was at 7.4% in January before the invasion. Uh, in February, it went up to 7.9%. Putin didn't invade until the 24th. So March is really going to show the impact of uh, the invasion. And that report doesn't even come out until April 12th. So how are people supposed to believe the Putin price hike is to blame for food prices going up when the timeline doesn't add up? Well, here's what the president is reflecting on. One, the, the price of gas has gone up by approximately a dollar or more uh, since uh, Putin started lining up troops at the border. This is something that outside economists have spoken to as well, not just the administration. And those are just factual details about how much the price of gas has gone up. We know that's a huge impact. Uh, and when you say inflation, people think the costs on their pocketbook and the impact on their budgets. Uh, the second piece on the availability of food, we know that different markets around the world are impacted uh, by, uh, by the uh, lack of production in Ukraine and other because of the war, and we know that that could impact global food prices. This is the first time we've heard the president blame Putin for higher food prices. I think what the president's looking at is what the impact has been in a lot of areas that are leading to uh, price increases on people's pocketbooks and where we could see it increasing over the course of time. So at some point, we've seen a slight increase. Yes, we've seen a problem here. Yes, we've seen a problem there. And yeah, some of the prices have gone up. But again, I thought that was a great question because these price hikes have been going on for months upon months upon months. As you just heard, they've been escalating since October. And again, President Putin invaded Ukraine in February. So boy, is he trying to put everything on Putin. And could that explain, as some of you are suggesting, why this is maybe dragging on? I think it's a lack of leadership. I do think he's liking blaming everything on Putin for politics reasons. So I don't discount that, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Line 8. Let's go to Jim on Line 8. Go ahead, Jim. Your thoughts about this. What do you think? Hello? Hey, Jim, you're on. Go ahead, Jim. Okay. I think we should support Ukrainian 100%, no matter how we can do it, because they're the only people that stood up to the Russians recently, and they're on the verge of humiliating Putin and the Russian army. I agree. I agree. We should back them up in 100%, and I don't care if Ukrainian goes into Russian territory. We got to support them, and we got to get rid of Putin. And he's the oh, and Alinsky's the only man standing up. And the sad thing is, we don't have a woman in his government right now that's speaking out too in authority because I think she would be listened to more. So, you know, we got to we got to support him. We got to get rid of Putin. I he's agree. I agree. There's a moment here, Jim. You know, for history. And we should take advantage of this moment because think about what this would mean 
to dictators everywhere around the world because you know they're watching. And I absolutely believe that Putin was emboldened by the terrible, dismal withdrawal of Afghanistan that the Biden administration did. And he saw a weak president and he smelled weakness and he went in here. And that's what the Chinese were watching, too. They're looking at what about chi- Taiwan, what to do there, how are we going to respond to this? Could this embolden them to do there? There's a lot of ne'er-do-wells, you know, North Korea, Iran, all of these guys. And think about the message it would send if Putin is sent back packing with his tail between his legs back to Russia and the Russian forces are moved off of Ukraine and suddenly those borders are protected and Putin doesn't ever think about it again because he was so embarrassed. What do you think? That would send a powerful message, not just to Putin, but sends it to the rest of the world and these other dictators. That's why there is so much at stake. Uh, let's go to the other Jimmy. Jimmy in Brooklyn on line six. Go ahead, Jimmy. Your thoughts about this. Yeah, so definitely I want Zelensky to get all the arms he needs. But listen, there's another way to measure strength. You could have more generals than me and a bigger army than me. But if some of your generals work for me and I'm educating your children, which is the future, I would end up ultimately being the victor, even though you could look stronger now. So even if Putin loses in Ukraine, his forces, his friends, his allies in America are still here strong. And the fact that the communists in America are actually denouncing Putin, it creates a lot of confusion. Putin and the communists in our country are on the same side. This is akin to the rush to the to the China Soviet split, where we built one to counter the other, then we built that one to counter the other one. Hey Jim, we let built- me ask you too about China. Um, where do you think they're going to go and fall with this? Because that was one of the things Zelensky was saying just a few hours ago in this interview. He was saying, you know, I am praying that uh, the U.S. can get China involved and get them on the right side of this. What do you think? Well, China's not going to go against the Soviets. They may play outside for a while, but they're on the same side. Yeah, I agree. I was just just thinking, wait, well, let me make one more point. Sure. The the electromagnetic pulse weapon, the idea that they could blow one or two atomic bombs above America, and that would destroy all our electronics entirely in this country, we, we will lose. Now, Russia and China would not dare to do that, but Russia and China are building that capability in Iran and North Korea. So I thought the Soviets, the communists, will wait until they have that set up in Iran and North Korea. But if they fear Trump coming back to power, they may think now's the time to do something. We got an idiot for president here who was put in office by a KGB front group, Council for a Livable World. It's like the communists set up the chessboard worldwide and they move our piece, they move their piece. We are, now if, even, if, even if Biden gets, uh, gets uh, thrown out of office, you have Harris. Yeah, boy. So and by the way, Jimmy, strong. you bring up a good point, you know, that uh, that would be a disaster since you point out that that is the backup. Uh, let's go to Christopher. Great call. Interesting, Jimmy. Let's go to Christopher in Vermont on line eight. Go ahead, Christopher. Your thoughts about this? Yes. And Jimmy is exactly right. Um, the Russians might very well uh, decide to make a de- demonstration of nuclear weapons to back us down. Um, and listen, I hope very, to God not. Obviously, we all hope not. It's reminiscent you know? of Hitler in 1936 when he invaded the Rhineland to take back what he thought had been so terribly taken away from them by the Versailles Treaty. And he was right in a certain way, but he should have been stopped there. 
and he wasn't stopped. He had nothing. The Russians have something, but Hitler had nothing. But he's got. they've got to be stopped because they're going to keep pressing. And if they fear that somebody like Trump or Trump will get back into the war, they know they'll have nowhere to go except to back up against the wall. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, and listen, I hope to God, of course, uh, that it doesn't come to something like that. That would really, really be disastrous. Um, thanks so much, Christopher. By the way, um, we're getting word, too, that Will Smith, on a very separate story, everybody, of course, that whole flap that happened at the Oscars when he went up and slapped uh, Chris Rock. We all saw it. Uh, the whole world was watching that. Uh, there are reports now that he has resigned from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences after the Oscars slap, that he has resigned. Um, So we're trying to get some details. Is he trying to be preemptive, uh, thinking that they were looking into him and that maybe he might have been forced out? Uh, Also, we know that Chris Rock decided not to press charges against him, so that was kind of interesting, too. Um, And we do also know that Los Angeles was looking into potential charges because they could still file charges even if Chris Rock doesn't file charges. The state of California is still allowed to pursue charges as well. But an interesting development that Will Smith um, uh, resigns, and we're not finding out at this point if he did it voluntarily, if he was forced to resign because they were also looking into some sort of repercussions against him. But an interesting development, again, coming that Will Smith apparently has resigned from the Academy after the Oscars slap. So does that mean that he can no longer be nominated or no longer attend? We're trying to get details of what that is. Or is that just being a member of it and no longer be able to vote, no longer able to be a part? Uh, But in some hand, it looks like he is trying to take either so proactive or he is being forced to take some action as a response. Um, When we come back real quick, we want to talk about Title 42. That is the new policy that the Biden administration has now just decided to waive to basically make our borders more open. And this is Vice President Pence commenting about it, saying that our border policy under this president is a disaster and it's about to get a lot worse. It really is a disgrace that the administration would literally take us uh, from the frying pan to the Mm -hmm. fire. We're a crisis on the southern border, and now they're intent next month on making it even worse by repealing Title 42. So he says it's going to get even worse now that Title 42 has been repealed. Basically, it's going to go in effect in May So they can't use it as a reason to keep people out, as if the Biden administration has been blocking anybody out. I want to get your thoughts on this as we wrap up the show tonight. Do you think that this administration has been a disaster for our own borders? And what do you think right now this is going to do? We've already seen a huge number come in, and it's going to get a lot worse. What are your thoughts about the Biden administration and the borders now rescinding Title 42, 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Before we leave tonight, I want to talk about The U.S. border, we've been talking about Ukraine's border, but the U.S. border is about to get even messier. 
And that is because the CDC, under the Biden administration, came out today and said that they are going to remove this Title 42. It's a public health rule, which basically allows border agents on our southern border to immediately expel newly arrived migrants deemed to be inadmissible. And that's as if the border is not wide open as it is right now. And in fact, some new numbers that just came out today are really, really stunning where they're saying in March alone, there were 62,000 illegal immigrants that got away. Those are the ones that weren't processed. Those are the ones that they saw on cameras that somehow got away because they're being outmanned. They don't have enough manpower, but they saw them on the cameras and the sensors. That's just in one month, guys. I mean, that is a stunning, stunning number. And now it's about to get a lot worse. This is former Vice President Pence talking about how what he calls is going to be a disaster on the border come May when this goes into effect. Take a listen. It's hard to believe that the Biden administration has found a way to make the worst border crisis in American history even worse. Uh, But they have. But they have. And now people are fearing that the influx is going to be voluminous, as if that number is not a record number and a staggering number. And Britt Hume on Fox News a little earlier today said, you know, this is just par for the course with the Biden administration. Take a listen. So the reasons for lifting these restrictions, it seems to me, um, are the fact that they're planning to do it, I would say, is a sign of how unserious this administration is about stemming the flow of migrants into the country. Notice that all, everything you hear about this is all about how, uh, how about our administration is bracing for a huge influx, new influx. You never hear anything about what they're doing to stop it. That's true. It's like, oh, we're bracing for more to cross the border. And some more numbers just coming in that since October 2021, guys, 300,000 gotaways. Those are the ones that got away. You know that those are some bad hombres because those are the ones who they don't want to get caught by the border guards. And it seems like many of the people that are getting caught by the border guards, it's like, come on in. You know, do you think that they feel scared by the Biden administration policies? And now lifting this policy, they're about to make things so much easier. Why would they do this? What the heck at a time where we are so worried about the world security, about our national security, And now they're just about to make it a lot easier for people to cross illegally and to be able to say that they are seeking asylum in our country as we are already having skyrocketing numbers right now. Let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman on line four. Norm, your thoughts about this? Because, boy, what a mess The fact that they are actually going to make it a lot easier for people to come in, it's like a leaky sieve already, Norm. I totally agree. First, I want to say that you're one of the best radio hosts as you give us the latest up-to-date events in a very straightforward, simple manner. Thank you, Norm. Thank you. I love being with all of you. And, and, and I feel like the show is great because I have all of you guys joining me every night. That's what make, makes it so special for me. So thank you. Yeah. Well, my, my feeling with the border is that I don't think it made a difference. it's going to make a difference. They're coming anyway. 
I think it just made it easier. And it gives them another, it's another signal from Biden how much he hates this country, how he wants to change this country, which we were the best country in the world. And he wants to change that. And how sad is that, Norm, at at a time where we are so worried about our security, Norm? How sad is that? It breaks my heart, Norm. Norm, thanks so much. Carl, I'm going to go to you real quick on line seven. Carl, your thoughts real quick, Carl. Go ahead, Carl. Hi, Rita. What do you think, Carl, real quick? Carl, I think that, you know, on the the border issue, he needs new voters. You know, the people in, in the United States are fed up with him. So he needs new voters to come in and vote him in. So it's like, so it's like, come on in. Like a big neon sign, border open, come on in. Boy, what a mess, guys. Have a great weekend.